Welcome to Still Dead from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and sphere of the infinite agony, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm researcher in pan-dimensional text, Dr. Kelly Jones. And we're here today to talk about Angel Season 4, Episodes 17 and 18, Inside Out, and Shiny Happy People, both of which are regrettably watchers. We're all just puppets. Good and evil are just words, but choice is everything, because that makes sense. So let's raise the stakes. <laughs> In Inside Out, as Angel, Wesley, Fred, and Lauren confront Cordelia, or the Beastmaster that's taken over Cordelia, Connor interrupts Cordy's supervillain monologue, beats everyone up, and whisks Cordy away to a creepy lair. We get super convoluted explanations and flashbacks of all the nonsense that's gone down since Lauren's memory restoration spell. Evil Cordelia wants to jumpstart labor so the evil entity possessing her can give birth to its evil self. And to be fair, haven't we all been there? Cordy sends Connor out to kidnap a virgin so the baby can be anointed in the blood of an innocent, but don't worry because good and evil are just words, y'all, and they don't mean anything. <laughs> Elsewhere, some writer must have remembered the powers that be because they come back into play for a while as Angel decides to hunt down Skip, Cordelia's former demon guide. They fight, and Angel overpowers Skip and brings him back to the Hyperion for interrogation. Meanwhile, Connor starts to question Cordy's manipulation and has second thoughts about killing an innocent girl. The powers that be useless send Darla <laughs> to remind Connor of his goodness and the power of choice, while Skip tells Angel and company that every choice they've made was orchestrated by the entity currently living in Cordy because free will is an illusion and we're all just pawns and whatever show pick a philosophy and defend your dissertation already. <laughs> Skip tells Angel that the entity is vulnerable until it's born, and the only way for Angel to save the world is to kill Cordelia. Angel takes a sword and heads out to kill the woman he loves, not at all reminding us of the Buffy season two finale. Mm -hmm. Cordelia convinces Connor to ignore Darla, and with Connor's help, kills the girl they kidnapped. Connor presses the girl's blood into Cordy's stomach as she goes into labor. An earthquake shakes Skip free of his magic circle and he attacks Fred, Gunn, and Wesley, but Wesley manages to shoot Skip through the ear and kill him. Angel charges into the creepy lair, fights Connor, holds a sword over Cordy and says, I'm sorry. But before he can kill her, light explodes around Cordy and a beastie shape emerges and transforms into a fully grown woman. Angel drops to his knees, lowers his sword, and stares at the woman in awe. You know, as you do, when facing the beast that turned off the sun, brought a ring of fire, hurt everyone you love, and killed thousands of people. <laughs> Inside Out aired on April 2nd, 2003. It was written and directed by Stephen S. DeKnight. All right. So, uh, Dr. Kelly Jones, we are in the dark place. Um, this is... <laughs> Kind of a slog getting through to the end of season four. But for Inside <laughs> Out, with Stake This at Zero and Lost Your Soul at Six, uh, where did this land for you? So I actually gave it a three. Mm -hmm. um, there is a lot that I hate about this episode. But we get Darla and we get Skip and we get some research questions. And the evil secret Cordelia storyline is finally over. Yes. No, that is definitely a blessing. For me, it's a two. Um, mm -hmm. This episode is just kind of, you know, the Cordelia stuff is terrible. Connor's choice is terrible. And even Darla, who I usually enjoy, was kind of a drag to get through. Um, I love Wesley, of course. And Fred's mm -hmm. badassery with Skip is good. But overall, it is not a great episode. No, it's really not. And I think I was thinking ahead and yeah. being generous. <laughs> no, you are absolutely being generous. And that's what I love about you. So it's okay. Yeah, well, but I did have some moments of perfect happiness. Oh, um, good. Starting with the love story between Wesley and Angel. Yeah. So as they're going through, you know, backflash Arama, and Angel's, you know, they're like, Cordelia killed Lila. And Wesley says to Angel, you know, Angel's sorry that Lila yeah. died. And Wesley says, well, you were mortal enemies. Why should you care about what happens to her? And Angel says, because you did. I know. And oh, I'm That's such a such sucker a for the Angel Wesley love story. I am too, because they've been through so much. I know. It was really sweet. And, mm. you know, there's pan-dimensional text. So, <laughs> like, if you want to buy me a present. <laughs> can you can you explain how the APA citation would work on a pan-dimensional text? 
I'm hoping that a text from another dimension would evolve past APA <laughs> and like <laughs> maybe have a really cool citation style that I can learn. Ooh, that'd be right? fun. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought about you when Wesley executed that perfect pistol shot roll, you know, and I was like, all uh, right, Lonnie. Uh, uh, that was so ridiculous. I mean, the thing is, like, he's got the gun. The, whenever anybody rolls and picks up a gun and then shoots, it always makes me think of, like, Legolas when he touched a horse and then whipped around it and <laughs> landed on it perfectly. Like, there's just some of this stuff that is so acrobatically performative. And yet, yes, I loved it. I loved it with my whole heart. It was wonderful. Um, um, I don't know if I would have liked it as much if the rest of the episode hadn't been so terrible, but having a good Wesley moment, you know, even yeah. with guns, and I'm not a big fan of guns, um, but if he had done it with a crossbow, oh, right. that would have been awesome. That would have yeah. been awesome. Um, but I, I did really enjoy all the Wesley. I always do. No matter how bad yeah. the episode is, I enjoy Wesley. <laughs> even when Wesley's stupid, I love it. I don't care. Well, I, I admire your loyalty. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I was glad to see Skip. Like, mm -hmm. I've always appreciated Skip's really dry humor, mm -hmm. you know, when he's yeah. talking to Angel and he's like, nobody comes back from paradise. Well, right. okay, a slayer once, but. <laughs> <laughs> he is really fun. He's played by David Denman, who played Roy on The Office, and I will always see him as Roy. So when he's playing Skip, even though, like, he's under all of that makeup, all I see is Roy in his warehouse uniform, and it always kind of breaks the magic of Skip for me. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, I've never seen The Office, so I don't... Oh, my God. I don't you've have never any... seen The Office? Nope. How have we been friends this long and never had this conversation? Oh, my God. I have never seen it. <laughs> okay. We're going to... We'll have to talk about that afterward. All right. <laughs> um, but I did. And I like Skip, you know, like, not a dupe yeah. as his way of saying that he's, you know, evil. And I'm like, well, that's a shame because I liked him. And then I thought, well, of course he's evil because I liked him. Right. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> Although I would argue that originally when he was, he wasn't written to be evil. Yeah, right. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there with the rewriting of the rewriting. Mm -hmm. But and, and for part of that, like there were some interesting potential threads there. Yeah. So the idea that Angel put all this into motion when he released Billy from the demon hell prison had so much potential. Yeah. Like. So much potential, but the writers have been lying for too long for it to work now. Well, the thing about this that makes me crazy is that we have all of these loose pl plot threads, right? And so they are going through and like picking out all of these things, you know, some of them loose plot threads, some of them just things that happened, you know, yeah. and they're like, all of this happened because of this thing to make this happen and to make this possible. And it's like, okay, come on, you know, just come on. It's just, all of it ridiculous because we were expected in the moment to believe it and none of it really made any sense Cordy is a higher being all of that nonsense and so now they're just trying to like I don't know basically use this weird storyline to justify some of the really questionable things that they did and yeah. uh and it's really just shining a light on it's it almost makes it more questionable <laughs> Yeah, it really does, mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, well, that would have made sense, except for X, Y, Z. Right, right, right. Or, you know, it, it's, and, and I don't know, the, yeah. the potential greatness of it infuriates me, but it mm -hmm. is such a mess. And, and as messed up as this episode is, and even though it really doesn't make sense, I did like Darla showing up to try to persuade yeah. Connor mm -hmm. not to kill that girl, because... Like, that is the, the breaking point moment, right? Connor yeah. has, I mean, he's already thrown Angel in the ocean. Whatever. <laughs> Probably not the, the best thing to do. What teenager hasn't, you know, put I mean, their dad in a coffin and thrown him in the right, ocean? I mean, let's like, just cut him a little slack for that. Everybody does it. Yeah, I, you know, he was acting out, whatever. <laughs> but, but this, Especially because I don't think Connor was very conflicted about throwing Angel in the ocean. Mm -hmm. I mean, he thought he had good reason. Now, it's a terrible thing to do. Kid was raised in a hell dimension, whatever. But it wasn't like his heart wasn't telling him, hey, this is an innocent person that you're killing just because your creepy pregnant girlfriend told you to. Like, maybe don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, so this felt like the first big choice that Connor has to make. And so... Yeah. If the powers that be were on their game, I don't know, for the entire last season, mm -hmm. 
then it would make more sense. It's like they came home, found that the kids had had a giant party while they were out of town and are now trying to clean up. It's yeah. just I don't even a know. mess. Yeah. Um and 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 I always love seeing Darla, you know, and I and I like her like I traded my life for yours. Don't let my death mean nothing. Like it's You're a right. valid point. Mhm. But, you know, of course, Connor is Connor and yeah. he's not going to listen to her. No, I mean I think with Darla, I really, really like Darla as Darla, but Darla as a, you know, good, holy messenger from the powers that be, um, <laughs> it, it, I just enjoy her less when she's not evil, you know? Yeah. Um, so using Darla to get that message across, first of all, didn't feel like Darla. It felt like somebody wearing a Darla suit. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so like it was like, oh, you know, that's great. Julie Benz is awesome. But, eh, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it just it really didn't work for me. No, no, it didn't. And and as much as I hate everything with Cordelia, she did get one good line mm-hmm. here that I really liked at the beginning when she's, you know, doing the here was my evil plan kind yeah. of thing. And <laughs> Angel's like, oh, because you're so clever. And Cordelia said on a scale from you to me pretty damn and I was like okay that's a good line okay that's a good line except that Cordelia basically was holding on to this evil plan by the skin of her freaking teeth every time we turned around she was about to get discovered she was doing something stupid and crazy it was all nuts yeah it was nuts but you know Angel also built a really dumb cage and gave up his soul so like she has a point that's true (laughs) this is true fair enough I was looking for things to appreciate um, yeah. <laughs> and and I did love Fred, like Fred going all yeah. badass against Skip. Like, I love her. Let yeah. me just pick a dimension, sugar, and I'm going to send you there because I know how to do this now. Because <laughs> don't <laughs> like, mess with a girl with a girl. portal gun, right? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> it was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Skip said, you're all puppets. Well, Connor has called Angel a puppet before. And not real spoilers, but we're going to have a puppet episode later. And I'm like, okay, please let this come, become a three beat. Yeah. Now we have it twice. So I'm watching. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think, I think like, it's really sad when the best thing you have to appreciate is like, not such a great line, a little bit of love, some basic, like, sentimentality around characters and you know dark dimensions Mm -hmm. that's all i got yeah that's all there is babe (laughs) speaking of which it reminds me this episode of still dead is brought to you by fred stark portals on (laughs) demand.com fred stark portals on demand.com makes banishing demons enemies in-laws and co-workers fast and easy (laughs) just submit the online form with a brief description of your ideal hell dimension along with your paypal information (laughs) and within minutes we'll email you the incantation needed to disappear your problem for good Uh or you know for evil Remember to stand back at least 50 feet from your target. Fred's Dark Portals on Demand.com is not responsible for any death, dismemberment, or accidental teleportation. Go to Fred's Dark Portals on Demand.com today and use the code NOTADUPE to mm-hmm. save 15% off your first order and get a free commemorative map of your selected hell dimension. Ooh, I like that. Or you could take the money you might spend banishing folks you don't like and give it directly to Chippers Media so we can keep producing the podcast you love. Podcasts are hard work in any dimension, and your support keeps us going. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to learn more. Oh, God, I'm definitely, definitely going there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when I wrote that, then I was like, wait a minute. How much no, would I that actually this. cost? I want this to be real. I want the commemorative right? map. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> then you could kind of sit back and look at your wall and be like, oh, yeah, I remember when I oh, sent yeah. so-and-so That's there. where I sent that yes. asshole. Exactly. <laughs> God. All right. Now we got to stake stuff. Oh, good. That's my favorite part. Okay. Because this is so stupid. This is so stupid. Now, I am a woman who cares about words. They matter to me. I like defining them. Yes. But but my sweet in the beast voice in the creepy my sweet is not the same thing as a pregnant woman saying my sweet baby. Yeah. They are not the same phrase. They do not have the same meaning. They are not yeah. used in the same context. 
And so for this to be the big freaking clue that turned Angel on to the fact that Cordelia was the Beastmaster, it, it makes no sense. After everything else, that was the thing. On that a scale from thing? you to me, pretty damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Right. Really? Yeah. Real? Oh, my God. <laughs> what and was then- it? This is the crackjack team that <laughs> boils my every plan. <laughs> right? Like, come on. I mean, yeah. Jesus. And, you know, Cordy telling Connor the angel hates him. And Connor's not questioning that. Like, I don't know. Oh, Connor's just the worst. I mean, part of it is, like, it's a bad character that just sits there and is, like, you know, pissy all the time. Yeah. Um, Which is a bad character. But, like, also, he's so easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what he wants. Like, it's one thing if he's, like, you know, he wants, like, that parental love or well it's not parental i guess with cordy anymore Ugh. um Ugh. so yeah like what is it that he wants he wants to kill angel you know he's always arguing to kill angel in every possible circumstance it's just connor is so difficult he's so difficult to deal with because he doesn't he's not a good character and they just kind of use him as plot spackle all the time you know and I thought it was interesting that they were giving him this like really difficult moral choice except it's not that difficult it's not that difficult a choice no um you know there's a certain point where you go oh no that's crazy you know um and yeah it's just it's terrible yeah when it comes down to someone handing you a giant cleaver (laughs) and saying (laughs) Cordy's CordyStupidGinsuKnives.com. <laughs> right? Oh, That's my God. That's the next supporter of Chip Rush Media. Yes. Yeah, I don't even, like, Cordy and her freaking knives. I don't yeah. understand. What is the deal? I mean, I understand that, you know, the evil part of her comes from, like, you know, like a more primitive space, you know, before we had, like, I, I don't understand why it's all, like, kitchen implements. Like, a, <laughs> at least a sword, at least a battle, at least something made for battle. But right? everything is these, like, well, we have a kitchen and we need a knife. So let's just go to the butcher's block, grab a thing. And, uh, right. you know, it's just, I don't know. Every time I see Cordy with another kitchen knife, I'm like, Jesus Christ. You never see the woman cooking, but she has <laughs> all the kitchen knives. All the knives. And yeah. And it's just so ridiculous. And I'm like, look, y'all, philosophy is fun to debate. There is no one correct way to see the world. There are shades Mm -hmm. of gray. Dichotomies don't help us. Yes, 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 yes. But when someone says to you, good and evil are just words, don't worry about it. And then they hand you a cleaver and say, hey, kill this innocent girl that you just kidnapped off the street. Yeah. They're not a philosopher. They're evil. Like, this well, is easy. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, anyone who says, well, he hates you because he's mad that he'll never again know the warmth of my lips. Mm-hmm. It, like, what? What? Really? Like, who what? actually talks like that? I don't. Well, stupid people. I don't know. It's just, it's so, so bad. Yeah, it's so yeah. bad. And then I almost put this in the research section, but it annoyed me, so I put it mm-hmm. in stake this. <laughs> How do vampires sense virgins anyway? Oh, dear God. I swear to God. You know what? Here's the thing. Like, culturally, we're incredibly screwed up when it comes to sex anyway. Yeah. But, like, every time there's some kind of, like, you know, when when a girl who was previously a virgin has sex, like, you look different. Like, that there's some kind of way that you can sense you know, a person's like sexual history, whatever. It's so irritating. So every single time this stuff comes up, every single time they make a joke about Angelus and sex and perfect happiness, I swear to God. Right? I know. Yeah. So I, I was just like, okay, re- really? Really? Like, really? Yeah. All right, yeah. it was so dumb. And then, <laughs> this is a dumb thing, but every time I watch this episode, with Cordy's baby, not baby, being born in the big light. Yeah. It always looks like a giant octopus. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad it's not just me. No, absolutely. I was, uh, you know, I was thinking, like, it's very squiddy. It's very, like, jellyfishy. It's very, like, it's got yeah. that kind of whole marine animal 
thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all of that is ridiculous. Okay. Well, I don't. I mean, can I just stake all of it? Like, oh just, yeah. The, okay, the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then I have research questions that I also want to stake, not because I don't like. I like contradictory ideas mm-hmm. being held together at the same time. Right. But when you write a central core philosophical thesis, yes, upon which your entire show hinges. Yeah. And then what? You eat what? some bad pizza and rewrite it at the end of season four. Yeah. It just pisses me off. So, you know, Skip presents this narrative that we're all just pawns in this plan and all of them were just played to create a vessel as if the whole show has been wrong so far about the power right. of choice and mm-hmm. all the way back to Cordy inheriting visions from Doyle and Lorne leaving Pylea and Gunn's sister. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. what? Fred yeah. opening the book to Pylea? Well, we know who sent Fred to Pylea. Yeah. Like, what does that have to do with this? What? It makes no sense. No. And, and and somehow Wes sleeping with Lila? Like, right. what? How? Everything is part it, of this huge plan. Right? It's ridiculous. It's yeah. so dumb. And then at the same time, Darla is telling Connor, you have a choice. That's more precious than you'll ever know, but it has to be your choice. And I'm like, dude, pick a theory and <laughs> stick to <laughs> it. <laughs> right. You know? Well, so plus the just... fact that choices are the absolute most important thing that you can give a character. We tell who characters are by the choices that they make. It is hugely important in narrative free will and choice and the result of that. Not to mention the fact that when nothing we do matters, all that matters is what we do is about the choices that you make and how incredibly paramount they are, how important they are, no matter what the outcome of them are, the choice that we make, the action that we take. That's what's most important. That is the central thesis of the whole show. Show that has been that way from the beginning. And yet none of these quote unquote choices were choices. They just happened because they were part of some plan. In which case, if it's all planned out and there's no, then this whole thing with Connor, you have a choice. What? Right. What? What? Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, killing that girl was dark. Like, even oh, for no, this that show, was super dark. It was, it was yeah. you know, it was, it was hard, hard to see. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, like, what is it, what is the show trying to say about Connor? Like, mm-hmm. d- if you look at the nature versus nurture argument, right? Yeah. Did this kid ever have a, ch- a chance? Like, mm-hmm. he literally was raised in a hell dimension by a psychopath. Right. And he's been manipulated, used, lied to, hurt. Like, is he just evil? Is he deluded? Is he confused past reason? Is he just been too damaged? Or mm-hmm. is the character just not developed enough to make this more believable and compelling? Oh, ding, ding, ding. There okay. you go. That's what it is. Um, because the thing is with Connor is that there are a lot of things that you can point to that would show him, you know, that would that would contribute to, like, us feeling for him and feeling that conflict, you know? Yeah. Um, but at this point, like, this is so ridiculous and over-the-top evil that... He knows what evil is, you know, and he's always he's always like moralizing about how Angel is evil because he's a vampire. He's a demon. I don't like demons. He didn't even like Lorne because Lorne has horns like he just, you know, he's got this whole judgmental thing going on about bad people doing bad things. And yet, because the thing is that like this idea that, you know, it's it's kill this girl or your baby dies. You know, if he's if he's down to that choice and he's really struggling with it and doesn't want to do it, but he wants to save his baby. But that really wasn't what they were playing on. You know, I mean, she would be like our family or whatever. But I don't know, like the whole thing is just it's so weird. And Connor is I mean, Connor, as much as any, like, is like a pawn of the writers. Like, he is plot spackle. Whenever we need somebody to do something unbelievably stupid to hold the story together, Connor's your guy, you know? Um, And we don't really build up vulnerability in him. We don't build up, you know, any kind of sense that he wants a relationship with Angel, that he wants Angel's respect and he just can't get it. Like, you know, there's nothing like that. Like, he is the one who is constantly whining about, they don't like me. And then he does 
stupid, terrible things all the time. Of course they don't like you. They don't like you because you're terrible and you make stupid choices. Like he doesn't have any sense of personal responsibility for the choices that he makes. And like I understand he's 18. He was raised in a demon dimension. All right. You know, you give him a, a little slack for that. Holtz raised him, you know. Yeah. Um, but his whole thing all the time is about moral you know the moral choice and doing the right thing and like helping people you know and then in this moment he's gonna kill this girl um no yeah yeah no it was just and I think it really does come down to bad writing but it yeah. they, they could have done something with that like if it they really could've... was the choice okay this baby is dying and the only way to save it is to yeah. kill somebody like that would have been a different I mean, it still would have been horrible, right? but it would have been different stakes, but yeah, he's just so reactionary all the time that you have no yeah. sense of who he actually is. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it really hard to, you know, to believe this. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we get this whole, you know, skip telling angel, you have to kill the woman you love to save the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, that feels very Buffy-esque, whatever. Oh yeah. Sword yeah. into the world thing. But also... But also, Skip has just revealed himself to be not a dupe, like mm-hmm. not a good guy. And yet right. he's handing Angel the instructions to prevent this thing from happening. Like, yeah, you know, why, why, why? don't you just sit back why? and say, nope, it's already in motion. Kid's been right. born. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Nice yeah. knowing you. Like, yeah. So I don't know. The whole thing's a mess. It really is. And on that, I'll brood. Inside Out is a watcher because it reveals the whole Beastmaster evil Cordelia story in all its convoluted messiness because we get to see Darla and Skip and we see Connor's darkness at a whole new level and because Cordelia's fully grown baby magical evil being was born and you need to know all of that for the rest of the show to make any sense. Not that it makes sense, but you need to know what happened. (laughs) So, all right, let's just keep going and hit shiny, happy people. In Shiny Happy People, a naked woman, who will eventually be called Jasmine, so I'm just going to call her Jasmine, emerges as an entranced angel and Connor watch, and she thanks Cordy, who is now in a mystical coma, for her service. She disappears, and Angel and Connor go back to the hotel with the good news. Everyone thinks that Angel and Connor are acting a bit off, but when Jasmine shows up in all her glorious Jasmine-ness, they fall to their knees and worship her. As they light candles in Cordy's room, Jasmine tells a myth of great beings on the earth, good and evil. And when evil took over and became demons, the good beings buggered off, because that's what good people do. Jasmine claims responsibility for everything that's happened since season two, every event working together to make her return to earth possible. And here I thought it was just writers making it up as they went along and hoping it would all work out. The gang takes Jasmine to a bowling alley to take out some vampires, and one of them scratches Jasmine's arm, making her bleed. Outside the bowling alley, the people bow down to worship Jasmine, instantly enraptured. Well, except one guy who was knocked down by the vamp that scratched Jasmine and got some of her blood on him. He tries to kill Jasmine with a knife, but Angel stops him, repeatedly punching him in the face. Fred tries to get the blood out of the shirt and fails, but when she tries to give the new shirt to Jasmine, she sees Jasmine's true face, monstrous and covered in maggots. She covers for her discovery and goes to see the man who attacked Jasmine. He's in the psych ward and his face is disfigured where Jasmine touched him. She goes back to the hotel, which is full of worshippers, and tells Wesley, who then immediately rats her out. She grabs a crossbow and shoots at Jasmine, but Angel jumps in front of the bolt and takes the hit. Fred puts a knife to Lauren's neck to get out. She runs and Jasmine says to let her go. The team tries to figure out how to deal with it and Angel says they just have to kill Fred. Hiding out at a diner, Fred watches as Jasmine comes on the television and everyone bows down to worship her. Shiny Happy People aired on April 9th, 2003. It was directed by Marita Grabiak and written by Elizabeth Kraft and Sarah Fain. All right. So, Dr. Jones, here we are once again at the perfect happiness scale, which has not uh, <laughs> hit the red for quite some time. Um <laughs> For Stake This at Zero and Lost Your Soul at Six, where are you? Oh, God. I gave this a one. <laughs> um, the only good thing I can say about this episode is that we get good Fred. Mm-hmm. And I love, love, love Gina Torres. Yeah. She's beautiful and badass and incredibly talented. And Zoe on Firefly is one of my favorite characters of all time. Yep. And she does a good job in this role as an actor. 
But I hate Jasmine and I hate the Jasmine storyline and I hate all this mindless uh, and I hate all this mindless bliss mm-hmm. and I hate the reverse engineering writing done here to make a round story fit in a square plot hole. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a one. Fred's great. Gina Torres is great. Jasmine's terrible, but Gina Torres is great. Um, but the rest of it is super, super painful. It's pretty bad. Um, So for Moments of Perfect Happiness, I would say, you know, of course, of course, of course, for me, it's Wesley, right? Um, (laughs) I know, I know, I know. My perfect happiness is always Wesley. But I love the way that he gets so happy when Jasmine is there, you know, and takes Mm -hmm. responsibility for everything. And then it's off of him, you know. Um, But I love in the beginning, before he gets entranced, where he's talking to Angel and he goes, it's evil. Remember the reign of fire, permanent midnight. And he's going through this whole thing with Angel and he's speaking so slowly and it's adorable. <laughs> and there's something about his delivery on those lines that just absolutely delights me. But then like Wesley has been so dark and so haunted by his choices, which he should be, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's made some he's made some poor choices there, you know, um, but it's really nice to see him like when she comes in and says everything that happened happened because I made it happen. Then suddenly like the weight of those choices is off of him. And we see this like really smiling, happy Wesley um, mm-hmm. kind of like that darkness is lifted for a little bit. And, you know, granted, I like the darkness. I like I'll take away your bucket. I know there's something wrong with me. I get it. But um, but it's really nice to see him kind of relieved of that. The the mindless bliss in general, I pretty much hate. But I like seeing Wesley smile. We haven't been able to see him smile that much, you know. Um, and it's kind of fun. Um, and I love that moment where he's like, Fred, there's no reason to cry. She's right there, you know. <laughs> it is both creepy and adorable and I don't know. Like, I I think it may just, it may just be me. I think I just have a, (laughs) I think, and I'm not sure. I'm still figuring this out, but I think I have a Wesley thing. I think you have a Wesley thing. And I might have a Wesley thing. I did like it when at the end he, he said, I can't believe Fred's evil. Like, (laughs) I know. That was cute. That was cute. It is. It's pretty. It's pretty cute. Um, Also, there's Gina Torres, right? You know, we talked about Zoe and Firefly. Like she is um, Gina Torres as an actress is fantastic. I'm also very thrilled to see like more actors of color getting work on this show, which I think is good. Um, She's oh, God, she's just so great. She's and considering how bad everything is here, Mm -hmm. um, she does a really good job with Jasmine and Jasmine is terrible like had a lesser actress been in there this would have been even more unbearable yeah so um so it's really nice to see her it's really nice to um to at least have some something nice in this terrible terrible dialogue that she's (laughs) well and one of the reasons i was so happy to see her cast was Mm -hmm. in theory if you are a super powerful being that can create and give birth to yourself you get to pick your appearance. And who wouldn't pick and who looking wouldn't like pick Gina Torres? Looking like Gina Torres, exactly. Right. So, and, and as much as I hate the, you know, super being called back, whatever, um, mm-hmm. I like that it was female. I like yes. that she was black. I like mm-hmm. that the power decided that was the form she wanted to take. Yes. Um, and I think they could have done, I think they could have done even more with that if it just hadn't mm-hmm. been written so terribly but but yeah from yeah. from the acting perspective she does a great job yeah yeah no she's fantastic um the other thing i really liked is fred mm-hmm. i love fred i love how she immediately covers for herself when she makes her discovery she just knows it's not safe you know and then when she gets out of the room she turns around and you see her expression completely go like you know flat it's so fantastic i absolutely love that and then she's investigating she's figuring shit out all on her own i really love that i love when she goes and talks to the guy and he's like you've been called she goes i don't get called i'm not the called type i take messages from my boss he gets called (laughs) (laughs) it's so cute and i love oh god it's so heartbreaking but she goes to wesley yeah wesley is the one she trusts wesley is the one you know she expects to like have her back on this and you know and it's this great moment where he's you know he's lying to her but he says if you say you saw it i believe you and i kind of 
love that from him, you know, even though it's a lie and it's a betrayal and it's still bad. But, you know, Wesley, I can't help it. I can't help it. (laughs) I think you've got it bad. Um, I do. But I was glad to see Fred, like, you know, she realizes Wesley's betrayed her, you know, and instead of just running out, she grabs weapons first and tries to shoot Jasmine. Like, yeah, badass, you know? Yeah. And and Mm -hmm. the, the monster Jasmine face just grosses me out. Like, I can't even look at it. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. the the idea of people only being able to see her real face if they've had contact with her blood was was really yeah. creative, you know, and intriguing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I love Fred's love of diners. Like I love that that's yes. where she goes. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's really nice. I also, you know, I have to say. <laughs> Connor's terrible, but it's it's nice to see Connor smiling and being decent. It's nice to see him like when they come in, you know, and Angel is so like, you know, wrecked because they lost Jasmine. And then Connor says he was like that on the whole ride home. And it's just this very sweet um, thing. And I don't know, like I like seeing him be sweet, not be, you know, and be part of the, yeah, <laughs> be part of the community, be part of the team. He's back. He's trying to, you know, he's connected to Angel. He calls Angel dad. Um, it's just, it's really kind of sweet. So I, I don't know if it's just that, like, if I actually like this Connor or that I'm just so relieved to not have the like pissy Connor yeah. for a while, you know, I'm not sure exactly where it is, but I'm just appreciating it, you know. <laughs> Just appreciating it. Um, So, you know, going to things we would like to stake. I mean, Jasmine, everything Jasmine, everything about this whole Jasmine storyline. The Jesus speak is a bit much, you know. Yeah. Uh, The explain-a-thon is goddamn (laughs) irritating. You know, I put all these (laughs) random events in place to make my birth possible. And even things that didn't need explaining, you know, like Wesley sleeping with Lila. We know why Wesley slept with Lila. Have you seen Lila? <laughs> like, I don't need an explanation for that. I don't need that to be part of the all of the things that had to happen in order for Jasmine to be able to come back, you know? And why, if Jasmine just needed Connor to impregnate somebody in order for her to like, because Connor is the, you know, like, okay, they did the trial, right? Mm-hmm. That explains, and they got an extra life, and that's why uh, Darla got knocked up, you know, uh, with another mystical pregnancy, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's why Darla got knocked up. Then we got Connor, um, and then Connor had to knock some. Why does it have to be Cordy? Why okay. does Cordy have to be higher being for that? Why do because, all these things have to happen? So there is an explanation for that, uh, mm-hmm. convoluted as it is. Yeah. He had to knock up the being that became a higher being and came back to Earth because that's how Jasmine backpacked her way down. Mm-hmm. So Cordy had to become a higher being in order for Jasmine to like get in there. And then there's no other higher beings that they could just send down. Apparently not. I don't know. You know, <laughs> no, I don't it's, know. All, it's all yeah. so incredibly I mean, it's so dumb. stupid. Oh God. It's yeah. so dumb. It's so dumb. And Jasmine has this one line where she's like, I can feel your suffering. And I'm like, baby, can you feel mine? Because <laughs> this whole storyline is torture. Yeah. Torture. No, it's truly, truly terrible. So bad. Yeah. No, it's real bad. Um, so then we've got the shiny, happy people, mm-hmm. right? The incredible brainwashing. And the thing is, like, I, I, I do kind of like because what it does to Fred, right, when when you're the only person who can see, mm-hmm. right, what's really going on, um, then I, I like that Fred is the one that has to take action, that she's out on her own, that she's isolated and has to, like, think on her feet without her team. Um, I love all of that, you know. Um, so there is something in the mass brainwashing that um, that does that, except that, like, the brainwashing is so extreme and cartoonish, yeah. you know. If it wasn't that extreme, you know, if it was like, here's Jasmine and Jasmine's message isn't trite, you know, bullshit, you know, that there was actually something in Jasmine's message that that felt like it could be good, you know, except that we had all this evil. We have this rock headed beast wandering around, murdering lawyers all over the place, right? (laughs) Destroying everything, um, knocking out the sun, bringing in the demons, right? Um, So if you're a being of light and good, now I understand she's brainwashing people, so whatever, but like, 
if you're a being of light and good, you got to do all this evil in order to get here. And then you come in, like, I think that had she done all that evil, right, to get here. And if she had brainwashed them just enough that they were, you know, like justifying it, but aware of it, Mm -hmm. you know, like they lived through all of this stuff, then you have a brainwashing that is, is more subtle, that is more insidious. Um, It's like a gaslighting effect, you know, um, where she comes in and they question her, you know, and they challenge her and she just convinces them that in order to do ultimate good, there had to be evil. I had to fight evil or that thing was trying to prevent me from coming in or something like, you know, that that she makes up some kind of story to cover for that, that they could believe that it's not so stupid, mindless, blissful following. You know, it's just it's way too much. It's dialed to 11. And I think that if they had taken that down a little bit, first of all, if they had taken it down a little bit, that would have been one. If they had not included every event in the entire show as like part of her plan yeah you know that could have been a little bit better it Mm -hmm. still wouldn't have been great but it could have been a little bit better um but this is so unbelievably just ridiculous and cartoonish that it, it becomes a little bit too much despite the fact that i like seeing both connor and wesley smile um you know just for just for the change of pace really you know um I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just way, way too much for me. Yeah, it is for me too, because it's just mindless. And yeah. and on a show where like the meaning is everything, the why is mm-hmm. what matters. Yes. It's just like, really? And then if you give somebody that much power, you look at her and, and you belong to her forever with no mm-hmm. thought of your own, then. Well, yeah. Well, and she's got all this power. I mean, she's got all this power. Why does she need, like, all of these things in order for her to be able to to get a trip back, you know? Um, it's, just, it's, no. Yeah, it's just bad. And, and like, speaking of over-the-top cartoony, mm-hmm. vampires bowling with dead human ha- heads is yeah. a step too far in gross and dumb for me. Like, that's just... Well, also, because human heads don't roll. Well, it, it was They've got the nose. They've gross. got the neck stump. Like, I mean, as far as bowling goes, <laughs> when you're in... When you're in... Okay, look. When you're in a bowling alley that is filled with, you know, bowling balls, if you want to bowl, you don't need a dead human head. Like, it's not, it's not an effective game. Right. You know? Like, I mean, vampires are vampires and they're evil and everything. But still, when you want a bowl, you want a bowl. I don't go in the bowling alley and use a coconut. Like, it's just not what you do. You're, you're there, there's a bowl. So, like, there's the ridiculousness of, like, throwing the human head and how gross that is. Yeah. But, I mean, just from an evil point of view, like, it's still, you know, you want a bowl, you bowl. Yeah, it was just gross. Know. It's just, it's just dumb. It's just completely dumb. Um, so research mode for me is just, uh, pff, you know, I mean, that's it. Like, um, I would ask, but I don't care. It's all these because it's so ridiculous. Like, we're going to get we're getting the point. Every loose plot thread and every plot thread that wasn't loose. Wesley and Lila having sex. I mean, come on. That's perfectly explainable. Look at them. So why we have to explain everything in this because Jasmine bucket you know, to the point where it's like, it's not even just pulling in the things that didn't make sense that they couldn't explain before, right? It's pulling in everything that has ever happened from the beginning of time that she has orchestrated all of these things, you know, so that she could just bide her time until she could ride in on a higher being. Like, okay, she needs a higher being coming back in order to ride in on that. But why not just ride in on Cordy? You know, I just like... Why did Cordy have to have sex with Connor and get like all that stuff? It it none of it makes any sense. And I know there's because Connor was the impossible life and it combined with the higher being and all that. It's ridiculous. It's all of it ridiculous. You know, Cordy is a higher being because Jasmine. Why did she need to be a higher being for Jasmine to use her as a vessel? Because Jasmine. Connor exists because Jasmine. Did Jasmine send Connor to Kortoth with Holtz because he needed to be rapidly aged so he could father a baby before she got bored and walked off? Sure. Because Jasmine. She's a full grown fucking woman. Why did she need a mystical pregnancy to bring her here? Because Jasmine. If she can make Cordy a higher power and then restore to Earth, why can't she just come to Earth on her own? Because Jasmine, I don't know. Like, there's no, there's all of these questions and it's just because Jasmine. Like, and they're using this because Jasmine bucket 
as as an excuse to not have to make anything make sense, as an excuse to just like roll it all up in this Gordian knot of nonsense, you know? Um, So yeah, it's just like, there's so many questions about why it doesn't work. And I've seen this, I don't even know, but it's probably like my sixth or seventh time through the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen this a lot. And every time I watch it, I'm like, why? Like, what? Like, none of it. I still... All the time, every time I look at it, I'm like, well, I know Jasmine comes back and it's this whole thing. And I know, but like every time I'm like, I don't understand any of it. None of it makes sense to me. It's all just this big, weird, stupid mess, um, you know, for this conclusion to this season, which started out so great. I season know. four, let's not forget at the beginning was the season of I'll take away your bucket. Like <laughs> there was some great stuff happening at the beginning of season four. Um, and yet, yeah, all of it is just, it's terrible. It's so bad. And okay. I had two angel research questions. Yes. One, what is this yellow and white striped shirt that Angel is wearing? I know, right? <laughs> So, okay, so let me just say, Angel's clothing, it's always solid colors. It's always dark colors. Uh So here we have, we're breaking both of these rules. So when, during the apocalypse, did Angel go on a shopping spree? Does he have Amazon Prime? Is this what's going on? (laughs) How, where did this shirt come from? It's like the weirdest Angel shirt possible. And then, yeah. and so while they're like over explaining everything, mm-hmm. they also over explain perfect happiness. So right. Angel's happy, but he's afraid it'll turn into perfect happiness and unleash Angelus. So Jasmine's bliss isn't perfect happiness, but it's strong enough to pull the whole world to her feet. Like, I. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because Jasmine, <laughs> I'm telling you, there is no. Because Jasmine. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. And I do have one more research question, but it is a spoiler. So if you want to hang on for the end after the credits, we'll, we'll jump on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So I'm just going to go ahead and brood because just let's stop. Shiny Happy People is a watcher because Jasmine and Fred. Only four more episodes in season four. We can make it. <laughs> all right. So, Dr. Jones, what is making you thirsty this week? Not a damn thing. Which is a damn shame because we got to see Darla, but it's a case of water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. Oh, God, that's so sad. I know. Kelly's not thirsty. I don't even know, like, how bad do things have to be? I'm telling you. I'm mm, telling you. It just, it's good. just sad. It's not good. <laughs> All right. All right. What's your favorite part? Oh, the the Wes and, and Angel. You know, when Wes yeah. is, is apologizing for Lila and Wesley's like, why do you care? And Angel's like, because you did. And I'm just like, oh. I know. I love it. I know. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. I love that. I love it. What about you? What's your favorite part? Um, Fred's badassery when realizing that everyone else is brainwashed. Yeah. That's kind of my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, I think that she's, I love her in this. I love her against the world in this. I just wish the rest of the world wasn't so stupid. <laughs> but what are you going to do? <laughs> because Jasmine. <laughs> because Jasmine. Yeah. To join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Dinerich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag still dead. Or you can support Chipperish Media to the tune of a dollar a month or more and gain access to the live chat in Discord where you can hang out with me and Kelly and all the Chipperish patrons who are as tickled as someone who's so tickled they're out of similes. Visit patreon.com slash Chipperish to find out more. You can also show your support for Still Dead by going to Apple Podcast and giving us a review. That is one of the most effective ways to show support for your favorite podcast. Or use your social media platform of choice to tell your friends because word of mouth is a powerful thing. And to say thanks to our rogue demon hunters who take time to write reviews, we turn to the Prophecy Scrolls. I write these in reverse chronological order, so post your five-soul review and you'll hear your prophecy soon. For Queenie B 24 the powers that be on semi-permanent sabbatical have returned to discover a story disaster in this dimension and have called on you, dear one, to help make things right. They'd like to conduct a focus group because when you really need to get to the heart of the matter, the only answer is qualitative research methodology. (laughs) We're gathering a group of participants bound together by their shared experience of death on this show. 
Darla, Lila, Skip, Doyle, Gavin, and Merle to explore their ideas for rewriting season four. <laughs> we'll provide plenty of post-it notes and coffee for brainstorming and give you a souvenir Dark Wesley bucket of your very own. But remember, qualitative data analysis is its own reward. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> love you too. We will be back next time with two more watchers from season four, episodes 19 and 20, The Magic Bullet and Sacrifice. Until then, in the beginning, before the time of man, great beings walked the earth. <laughs> Untold power emanated from all corners, but it couldn't get back without tying up 12 loose plot threads into one big messy Gordian knot of stupid. Jesus. <laughs> because Jasmine. Because Jasmine. Okay, so spoilers. So like, if you're still listening and you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to this. But, <laughs> okay, so in season five, Fred is taken over by an ancient, powerful being, God, something, former higher power, yes. we don't know, super entity, who burns her up from the inside out, like, and calls the body a shell. And in mm -hmm. this episode, when they're talking about, you know, meaning and life and purpose and choice, you know, Fred says, I would rather that than to be a shell. And so, it, right. like, it seemed like a direct call, you know, to what happens to her. And then I was wondering, was Fred chosen to be that vessel for Illyria because Illyria and Jasmine were either friends or enemies? Like, is there a connection? I think that is so interesting. Yeah. I love that idea. And I don't know. You know, although I don't want I don't want anybody to ever reference Jasmine again right? once she leaves right. because whatever. But yeah, I think that's a really interesting idea. And of course, the whole Illyria thing. Oh, my God. Season five. OK, guys, all of you listening already know this. But season five is so much better. It's so much, so better. much better. There's, I mean, heartbreaking, terrible, terrible things. But I love all of them. I do. <laughs> well, most well, of them. Well, and speaking of never, ever mentioning Jasmine again. So, you yes. know, at the end of season four in Home, which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite Angel episodes, and we're going to have to unpack yes. that because there might be something wrong with me. <laughs> but Angel essentially signs a deal with the devil to erase everyone's memory of Connor. Yes. So does that also erase everyone's memory of Jasmine? Right. And then how does he I explain don't... why Cordy's in a coma? Because they never talk about why. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't. Know. I don't know. All I know is that in season five, Angel's a puppet. <laughs> Angel's, Angel's a wee little puppet man. And I love it. And it makes me really happy. I love that and that's even your though favorite they, spoiler. Oh, I know. You know what? You know what's so funny is that I hate Muppets. Uh-huh. Like, I'm famous for hating Muppets. And every time I say I hate Muppets on a podcast, I get like 12 Muppet gifts <laughs> on Twitter from people who are like, oh, you don't like Muppets? What about this one? Yeah, I like Waldorf and what's it, you know, yeah. um, the, the cranky old guys. But that's just pretty much about it. Um, you know, the Swedish chef has human hands like Muppets are fucked, people. <laughs> it's just it's not OK. Muppets are not OK. But Angel as a Muppet <laughs> is my favorite thing in the whole world. And I don't know why. So I can't wait until, until we talk about that. But like now. Yeah, right. Now we're in spoiler section. And it doesn't even not even related to these episodes. I just want to talk about the stuff I love in season five. Yeah, except them. You know, Angel's been called a puppet now twice. And I'm like, okay, yes, let's, I want this to be a three beat. So. I know. Well, it is a three beat because you know what happens? He becomes a, a wee little puppet man. <laughs> He's a wee puppet man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know why? Why? Because Jasmine. Because Jasmine. <laughs> wow, I really thought you were going to see that one coming. No, I was I was like, what is the narrative theory behind Angel becoming a puppet, Lonnie? What is it? <laughs> it's because Jasmine. It's because Thank you, everybody. Have a good day. Tip your wagers, try the veal. <laughs>